What is up, guys? Welcome back to Send the Invite, a weekly discussion tackling all the latest news and deep dives on your favorite video games from past and present. As always, I'm Andrew Parker. Uh, today's show is going to be a little bit different. Of course, I've said it before on the show, I am experimenting with kind of what works for the show, um, what I feel is the way to go about it, and just trying a few different things to see, you know, what direction the show is going to take. Uh, today is going to be a series that was one of the things I had in mind when I first started the show. And we're coming up on the end of a console generation. A console generation that has been about seven years long. It started at the end of 2013, uh, you know, end of holiday 2013, early 2014, around there. So it's been about seven years long, and this episode is going to be myself kind of talking about what this generation meant to me, um, what this generation kind of, I think, did for gaming, and uh, just kind of a celebration of the last seven years as far as my personal gaming and things like that. Um, however, this is a series I want to keep going, and I do want to bring on people that want to discuss you know, what this generation has been for them, whether it was their Xbox One, their PS4s, their Switches, even their Wii U's, because that was a part of this generation. Um, I want to kind of discuss with people and, you know, see what games came out that they loved, see, you know, if it grew them as players or, like, open their eyes to new genres or anything like that, and maybe some fun stories that came out of this generation that you'd love to share. So, while listening to this episode, uh, keep it in mind... Hit me up if you're ever interested in doing the show, because uh, I will be looking for some guests for future iterations of this. And uh, that's about it. And you can hit me up always on the Instagram at sendtheinvite and uh, at Gmail, sendtheinvitepod at gmail.com. Uh, speaking of the Instagram, uh, I wanted to touch on really quick. I know there was no episode last week, and I didn't get around to making a post about why there was no episode last week. So, I owe you guys a bit of an explanation as to what is going on. I know the Instagram's been kind of quiet as of late. Uh, and I just want to reassure you guys that this, it's not like a burnout or anything like that. The show isn't going anywhere. Um, essentially, it what was kind of a cruel twist of fate. As soon as I started the show, my job and basically my life got like 10 times crazier than it was previously. So the amount of time I've been able to spend kind of looking at gaming news daily and posting and, you know, keeping up on news and stuff like that has just dipped dramatically. And I just haven't really had as much time to put into that as I'd like to. Um, and I'm hopeful that in the next few months I can kind of get back to doing that a little more because to tell you the truth, I liked the way that was going. I like having the episode come out, gaming news, and then... Um, you know, it was a little bit of gaming news, and it was mostly a topic, but then keeping a lot of gaming news updated daily on the Instagram. I did like that that formula, um, but to be honest, my life is just too hectic right now. It, uh, I mean, like, like I said, the show's not going anywhere. I just think for the near future, it's going to have some different iterations. Uh, I'm always going to make posts on Instagram for the show episodes. However, it has been extremely difficult trying to keep up on all the daily gaming news or just even having like the time or the energy to put into that. And last week, uh, I kind of just hit a wall. I kind of just needed a personal day. 
Um, and it happens, and that's okay. You need that. Um, to tell you the truth, it's just like... I usually record the show Sundays, and I put it out Tuesdays. So when you guys are hearing the show, I recorded it about two days prior. Uh, Sundays are like my first day off in the week, and I think last week I just hit a point where I was like, I just need to relax. Like, I, I just needed a recuperation day. So... Um, instead of forcing an episode that wouldn't have felt fun to listen to, wouldn't have been fun to record, and I didn't really know where to go with it, uh, it was, I thought it was just best to take the week, and I had some other things to get done, and it just, you know, it didn't fit in the cards, so the show's not going anywhere, I just want to reassure you guys of that, and, uh, stuff like this series and some other topics I hope to kind of do in the near future until I can get back into a full uh, news mode. I should be ramped up again by the time, you know, we're getting into to real console hype here and kind of talking about the consoles uh, and them coming out because it's really bizarre that we're getting those new consoles in a little over two months at this point and there's no pre-order information and no price, which is absolutely insane. Uh, but anyway, today's going to be, uh, the series. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, let me know what you guys think. I'm also going to put some polls probably on the Instagram later this week to get some feedback from you guys. I want to know what you're liking about the show and what you're not so we can evolve. And, you know, I'm going to be asking about the news. If you guys would prefer to keep the news or just have it be a set topic every week and a couple questions like that. So, um, Take part in those polls. They'll probably go up either Wednesday or Thursday, uh, and I do appreciate it. So, without further ado, here is a celebration of the generation, and uh, here are my thoughts on this generation of 2013 to 2020. Enjoy. As always, thank you to the Landy Lodge for being a sponsor of the show. Um, if you would like to support the show, you can head to anchor.fm slash send the invite, or, or it should be in the show notes of this podcast. Uh, and you could donate anything you wish and the money all goes back into the show. So I do appreciate that. However, it is not an obligation. So, uh, enjoy this episode and let me know what you guys think. Alright guys, welcome back. We are here talking about this past generation and some of my favorite experiences, what this generation meant to me uh, as a gamer. I know. Isn't it weird how like gamers like a word that like is made fun of by gamers? It's like I get it in the sense of like epic gamer, like rising up, but like I feel like it's so shitty that if you say like, oh I'm a gamer, it's like a meme. I don't know. But uh so this series is Kind of unnamed at this point. I was toying around with a few names. You guys let me know what you like. Uh, I was thinking just like, you know, celebration of a generation. Uh, I was thinking, I mean, some of the earlier ideas I was thinking were like, you know, voice of a generation. Because I want to hear your guys' voices as a series of, you know, this generation and a bunch of different voices. But I didn't want it to send... I, I felt like if I went with that name, it would have made some... Sounded douchey, like, I don't know, some voice of the generation shit. I don't know, but um, thinking about this generation and the jump that, you know, 360 and PS3 to PS4 and Xbox One was, I feel like I'm like, 
for me, I like evolved as both like not only like a player, but an observer of the industry. Uh, you know, I wouldn't consider myself part of the games industry, although throughout this gen, I've always been doing various podcasts and then trying to be involved and always following the news to some degree. However, um, you know, I've always considered myself a bit of an outside observer. So, I mean, to give a little history, I, I've always, I, I've been gaming since I was a little kid and I always played, uh, like in the previous generation, I played more Xbox 360 than PS3. But I always kind of, looking back and thinking about it, I was always kind of a more casual gamer in the sense of I played a lot of like, um, and this isn't to discredit anyone that plays these types of games, that's not what I'm getting at, but uh, I always just kind of played like, you know, the annual sports titles, like Madden, um, wrestling games every year I would play, maybe the baseball game, uh, and like, you know, Call of Duty, and just kind of like, the main games my friends played, a multiplayer, sports games, um, and that was really it. I mean, I dabble in stuff like, like, I played a lot of Skate and, like, Gears of War, but it was always a lot of that type of stuff, and, like I said, it's not a discredit to anyone who plays those games, but I wasn't overly focused on, you know, developers and publishers and, you know, a lot of single narrative games, uh, I was kind of just playing whatever my friends were playing, or, you know, if I liked a sport I, or, like, wrestling, like I said, I would play or watch those. So, um, the game that kind of, of, like, made me look at games differently, I would say, was Fallout New Vegas. And it was a game I didn't really play until around the time of the new consoles, I remember distinctly I had uh, I had started a new job that year in 2013 and I got a little bit of vacation time at the end of the year. Didn't really have anything to do, so I kind of just took a week staycation uh, and I didn't really know what to do. There were no real plans. Uh, a lot of my friends were still in college, so there was a little bit of like, you know, winter break hangouts, but I saw Fallout New Vegas kind of sitting on my shelf and I was like... Because I, I had bought it, I tried it, I didn't really get it, and I kind of just stopped playing it. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to give this game another shot. Because I don't think I realized that I wasn't used to a game not holding my hand. And I wasn't used to a game just kind of opening up and being like, go ahead, go figure out what you want to do. And when that like sunk in for me, and then when it, like, it hit me of like the gameplay loop of New Vegas, and I was invested in the story of New Vegas, I... Man, I don't think I did anything for the next, like, four or five days but play that game. Like, it was one of the biggest gaming spirals I have ever gone into. As far as just losing myself in a game, I would wake up, play that game, maybe go out for a little bit, eat a meal, and keep playing that game until I went to sleep. It was, it was basically all I did. Um... Then, I would say the other game that was hugely influential for me in that was The Last of Us. And that was what got me into Sony's ecosystem. Because uh, a bunch of my friends, three of my friends to be exact, were so into the multiplayer. And I know I talked about this on my Last of Us uh, episode, but they were so into the multiplayer and they were like, you gotta get this game... 
you like you're missing out. Uh, it was uh, Nick, Mike, and uh, actually two of two two of them were two Nicks and one Mike, and I'm sure you'll hear them on the show at some point. At least Nick and Mike, and uh, we just like I, I bought that game for the multiplayer, but it got me into Sony's ecosystem and playing the campaign of The Last of Us kind of like changed me as a gamer um i had played i was big into telltale games so i had played the walking dead uh the first season with lee and clementine and absolutely loved it and playing in the last of us it it, it felt like it hit me differently but the same in the way that like it kind of broke me but it was just i was so invested in that story um and i think from that moment on i really was like like, like, I kind of, like, like went all in on video games. I remember when I got the PS3 and I was playing Last of Us. Um, I just kind of started browsing other stuff in the PlayStation Store. Stuff I had never seen before. Like, I think I tried PlayStation Home. Which, I mean, I don't know what I was thinking. Because that was, that sure was something. But, like, I tried it and just, like, I jumped into, like, a bunch of different, like, free games... Uh, PlayStation Plus was a thing which made me play Tomb Raider. Like, I'm very grateful to PS Plus for kind of bringing me more into single-player games. Um, Tomb Raider was one of the biggest ones I played. I played Bioshock Infinite through PS Plus. And I just went on the string of playing these games that I never played before and just losing myself in these worlds. Um, So I came into this generation hot as far as PlayStation and Xbox. And... Uh, I remember when I got my PlayStation, I got it with my tax return in 2014. I went down to GameStop. I was like, sign me up. I want a PS4. Uh, remember GameStops as if that was like a thing of the past. Um, and I picked up Infamous Second Son because that was the game I think everybody was kind of talking about. And uh, I was kind of wanted something different. There wasn't much of a selection at launch. And I ended up picking up Need for Speed. I forgot which one launched with the console, but... I was like, yeah, fuck it, I'll play, like, a racing game. Uh, So I bought those two, went home, hooked it up. Uh, I specifically remember being absolutely blown away by the graphics as soon as I kind of booted up the console. It was such an upgrade from the PS3. The Twitch integration, I thought, was genius because, I mean, I didn't really know what Twitch was in 2013, 2014. Um... And if you think about it, I mean, Twitch was not what it is today, but knowing that, like, I kind of just, from my controller, just hit that button and started streaming and, like, made an account, and, like, I mean, nobody watched it, I didn't know what I was doing, but right there, it was like, that was my first foray into the world of streaming without even really realizing what it was or what it was going to be. Uh, And I do kind of credit PlayStation with... um, opening a lot of people's eyes to Twitch and the streaming world because they made it so accessible through that controller. Uh, and I, th- I just thought that was genius at the time. I remember being very concerned because if you remember correctly, on the PS3, you only had game chat. There were no parties on PS3 the way they were on um, 360. So it was very jarring for me trying to play games like Grand Theft Auto and not having a party with my friends to be in, but I actually have that to thank for finding, uh, I made a great group of 
gaming friends around the time of Last of Us multiplayer, and a lot of us came to PS4, and I honestly, there was a point where I started spending more time with my gaming friends online than I did with my real friends in real life, and I think, again, it was just this new world opened up to me of, like, why am I going and sitting on, you know, playgrounds with my friends drinking every night when I could maybe do that one night a week and stay home and play my friends in Madden or, like, explore these worlds in these multiplayer games with my friends. And it, it, it was just this new, like, world, I guess. Um, so we made the jump to PS4, this whole group of friends. and But I remember being concerned because I was playing Need for Speed and I kind of backed out of the game. I went back to the main menu. And when you did that on the PS3, it kind of, like... I don't remember if it closed the game or if it just suspended the game, but I remember it might have just closed the game, and I remember doing it on my PS4 and being on the menu, and I didn't realize I was still in the game, like the app had suspended. I thought it just closed, and I'm hearing people talk in my headset, and I was like, is my console broken? Why? Who am I hearing right now? What is going on? And I realized that I was still hearing the game chat from the game while on the main menu and that like blew my mind i was like wow that like i can suspend my gameplay or like go to the menu and the game is still running like that was i couldn't comprehend that in 2014 uh it's so a little stuff like that i just felt was crazy to me and like you know it's it's weird to think back now and those little things that blew your mind because it was seven years ago but yeah, like, it's it's bizarre. Um, I think this generation... My, my biggest takeaway from this generation was I think it peeled back the curtain a lot on game production, game development, uh, and kind of, like, the announcement cycle of things. Because... I can remember back even on the days of, like, G4 TV, watching E3, and I didn't really know what it was as a kid. I just remember it was, like, this thing that was on my TV that announced a bunch of cool games, like, all day. And I was like, alright, cool, and I would have it on in the background, or, like, you know, when I wanted to watch TV, I just kind of popped it on and did what I was doing as a kid. But as I got older and I started kind of watching, you know, streams of E3, and... You know, my friends would message me, hey, you know, uh, E3, isn't E3 this weekend? You know, when do I watch things? And being the guy to send people schedules and be like, yeah, Sony's this day, Ubisoft is this day, they're going to have these games. Um, and on top of that, there was a big, I feel like it opened up for the mass audience, the idea of betas, which now betas are more of a marketing scheme. Uh, they're kind of like, you know... It's drug dealer mentality. They give you a taste. So when the thing comes out, you want it and you want to play it. However, in the early days, like betas were betas, but they could be open betas that were accessible to everybody. I remember being in the alpha and the beta for Destiny and playing that. Like, I didn't know what it was. I just heard people talking about Destiny. I knew it was this thing and jumping in and playing that and... Like, at the time, I was blown away. I mean, Destiny 1 was kind of what it was, and I think... I mean, I still play Destiny 2. Like, I think those games evolved, but we're talking launch Destiny 1. It was like... 
it was rough, but playing the alpha and the beta, I felt so cool because I felt like to my casual friends who were just heard about like this new Bungie game, it's like they were coming to me and asking me my opinions on it because I played it. And I didn't do anything crazy. I just signed up on like a website to play it. But that in a way like opened up this world of uh, you know, it was the stepping stones of what would be, you know, you watch these Twitch streamers that get access into things and they play these betas, these closed betas they get involved in. And it, it's genuinely become a part of the marketing cycle these days. I mean, look at Valorant. Valorant was all over headlines just from having influencers playing early builds. Um, you know, they, they, that's what it is now. That's how they market these games. If they give these people a taste and they stream it. You want to watch it because you're hungry for that game. It's an industry built on hype. And they do it very well, to their credit. But I think uh, that's one of my things about this generation. And a lot of it is social media. However, I think it's social media and it's, you know, YouTube culture of like, you know. Like, for example, I consume kind of funny content. I talk about it on the show a fair amount. I like Games Daily. It's like a daily gaming news show for me. Um, their games cast, their early impressions. Like, that's what I go to. Some people go to Easy Allies. Some people go elsewhere. You know, there's Funhouse. There's all kinds of people doing this types of content. And you can really find it anywhere. So, like, in, the, in that sense, I think this generation was huge for opening the door for the modern person to kind of have a shot at make having a voice in this industry. Uh, you know, like I said, I've been podcasting throughout most of gaming through this generation. Uh, I mean, I had Top Drawer in like 2014, 2015. Uh, Bullduck was last year, two years ago. And now this, like, I've done iterations of it. And it's always been kind of therapeutic for me to just talk about video games. And I know people feel that way about Twitch. Like, you know, it's something where they do every day and they build a community. Some of them come home from work every day and they want to just hop on Twitch and play some games with the community and talk with the community. Uh, for the people watching Twitch, it's the same thing. They come home, they pop on a stream, and they're in that community. Uh, I mean, granted, it's the world we're in and I have no other reason to burn my vacation time, but I've been taking vacation time this year to watch some of these big gaming events. I took a day to watch the PlayStation 5 reveal. I took a day to watch the Xbox thing. These, it's a conversation you want to be in. It's, if you're in this community, it's those water cooler moments that were never really a thing before. Um, th there's more games coming out than ever. And it's impossible to hear about them all without stuff like this. And, like, for example, I was... I, I was on that Fall Guys train how many weeks ago? I told you guys Fall Guys is going to be the thing. You got to play Fall Guys. I was like, I said Hyperscape was waiting too long. They were going to miss their moment. And now what happened? Fall Guys came out five days later or six days later. Uh, Hyperscape put it out. They're both free. And I hear way more people talking about Fall Guys than are talking about Hyperscape. And just little things like that. It's You hear stuff and you're like, oh, maybe I should check out this game when it comes out, you know? Um, Nintendo Directs, PlayStation State of Plays, Xbox, whatever the hell Xbox calls it, <laughs> any event they do. These things get you invested and they make you want to be part of these conversations. And you know, it, it's good and bad. 
I think in a lot of ways, um, one of my one of the things I hate about social media is that it gives it gives everyone a voice, even the people that I think not uh, not that I think are right, people sh- people sh- should have a voice. It's nobody should not have a voice, but I think in a way you get a lot of like this vocal minority. You get a lot of people who just want to be negative and have a lot of hatred or maybe a lot of problems with their life and they take it out in this misguided anger. But when this door is opened into this world of gaming, it invites those critics and those that negative energy into the world. And that kind of sucks. To give you a perfect example, um, this weekend, yesterday, was DC Fandom. If you're listening to this, it was Saturday. Um... They showed off the new Montreal game, uh, Gotham Knights, and they showed off Rocksteady's Suicide Squad game. Rocksteady's Suicide Squad game said, we're coming out in 2022, and you got a CGI trailer. It showed four members of the Suicide Squad. Uh, Brainiac has control of the Justice League. They have to kill Superman, who's under Brainiac's control. Um, and I, 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 I don't know why. I went on and looked at the responses. And I'm seeing a ton of people going, oh great, all we got is a CGI trailer. 2022, are you kidding me? Where's the gameplay? I want to see gameplay. It's like, these people have a plan. They have a marketing strategy. They're not going to throw everything in the kitchen sink at you right away when you're going to have to wait two years for this game. You have to build that. So no, you're not going to get gameplay here. You got the announcement of, hey, this is the game we're making. This is what it looks like. This is the premise. And that should be enough. I'm sorry if you wanted more. You'll get more down the line, but they're not going to tell you every little thing about the game and then not say anything for two years until it comes out. But it invites those people. It gives those people a platform to spew hate and to spew negativity. And you see it everywhere in the gaming community. And it sucks. I mean, there was the incident with the Insomniac Spider-Man where they were planning on putting the Raimi suit in the game. They were working on deals for it. All the while, the community was screaming, we want Raimi suit, we want Raimi suit. Uh, and when they put it out, they put out a statement saying, hey, this was in the works. Because they didn't want them to think that their bitching and moaning made it happen. Because it didn't. It was something they were already working on and they didn't want to give those people the satisfaction of thinking, we did this. So... In a way, I, but in, in the other side of the coin, how many people have found a community on Twitch, on YouTube, on podcasts that are just common people? I mean, I'm grateful for the listens I get. I don't get hundreds of listens, but we're a new podcast. Um, a common everyday lunchbox Larry. I have a 40-hour a week job, but I get to come home, and on my weekends, I get to talk about video games. And it's cool that I can do that. And it's cool that I can be informed on the news, you know, to give myself stuff to talk about and to have conversations with the community. And I feel like in the way the industry has gone has allowed me to do that. In the way you have E3, in the way you have all these, you know, Ubisoft forwards and Nintendo directs. And, you know, it's just... like Kotaku, Nibel on Twitter, Nibel, you see me post about him all the time on Instagram. These people have feeds of all the gaming news and the marketing beats, and it's almost like streamlined where it's easy to kind of keep up with, and it's nice. Um, so to me, it's like 
the question is, where does that go this generation? Where does PS5 and Xbox Series X, how do they expand on that? Will they expand on that? You know, at the end of this genera- that generation, what will I be talking about? Because, again, we're two months from these consoles. I've not, I, I don't have any, any inkling as to what these OSs look like, any of the system features besides, like, you know, ray tracing and all this. I know as far as the Series X, it's able to suspend multiple games at a time, which I think is awesome and is going to be another one of those little tech features I love. Um, so, for instance, if you're playing Madden and your friends want to hop on Fall Guys, you could bounce right into Fall Guys, and Madden is still open. It's just suspended, and then you can go right back to Madden, and it's just right where you pause the game. But, I mean, it depends, but... Uh, Let's talk about some games of this generation that were complete standouts to me. Number one, the game that always comes to my mind and the game that I think has had a story generation is Rocket League. If you're unfamiliar with Rocket League, uh, they had a PS3 game actually that was the same exact concept and it was called, it had a terrible name, it was like Super Powered Acrobatic Rocket Battle Cars or some shit like that. A terrible name. Uh... And on PS4, they basically put out the same game as a prettier package called Rocket League. Now, I have an interesting story with Rocket League because the way I found this game was a PSN outage in... When did Rocket League come out? 2014? So 2014, I think that summer, there was like a PSN outage. Uh, You couldn't play games online. Parties didn't work. Nothing worked. And I was on the subreddit for PlayStation, and everyone was saying that uh, the Rocket League beta was up and running. That was For some reason, they were on their own servers. It was the only thing working online. And I thought, alright, I have no idea what this game is, but I'll give it a shot so I could play it online. It's something I could play. Um, so I entered on their website. A day or two later, they hit me with the code. I downloaded the game, and I was immediately drawn in because as I said back on 360 I was you know a sports guy and I played very casual stuff and the idea of just playing soccer with cars it was such a simple concept with such a high skill level that I was just immediately hooked like I fell in love from the jump and watching them grow from being just psionics to you know, announcing that they're launching on PlayStation Plus, to campaigning to all my friends to pick up this game because it's free, and having the arguments of, I don't like sports games, this doesn't look like it's for me, and then getting them in a game or two, and they love it, and they're hooked. Uh, and watching them grow into what they've grown into, they're now under Epic Games banner, uh, seeing all the collaborations they've done with, like, WWE and Ghostbusters and all these crazy things, like... It's been surreal to, to not only play like that game, but grow with that game. Uh, and that is one for me that this generation just spoke to me in a way, in a, in a way few games did. Um, another shout out to Destiny. Destiny was, again, playing that alpha and that beta. It got me into that. It was the first live service game. And I think, you know, it walked so a lot of these service games can run and... I learned that I love live service games. I love having the idea of an MMO combined with just AAA gameplay, like co-op or, you know, multiplayer with my friends. 
I love that stuff. Uh, Overwatch, Overwatch was to me was a huge game of this generation. Uh, that game was there for me at a very low point in my life where I kind of needed it, and I just remember spending so many weekends and so much of my time in those early Overwatch days, uh, and that game just captivated me for so long. I still jump in now and then, but when that game first came out, there was nothing like it. And the idea of these hero shooters and being in this community. I remember when, now they have like the Overwatch Arcade. I remember the early days of that game where it was just like a weekly special mode you could play. And if you didn't like it, you just had to play Ranked, where Ranked was like five Bastions against five Torbjorns. Like, it was chaos, and I loved every minute of it. Uh, I think hero shooters were the big thing this generation. Um... Another shout-out, I mean, Battle Royales. That's Hero shooters and Battle Royales and live service games were, like, the three defining genres to me of this era. And for some people, you know, it's not their cup of tea, but for me, I learned to love all of those things. Uh, while I don't play Fortnite anymore, I, I played Fortnite on the very first day you could, which was crazy because I will... That's another game. I always remember Fortnite as this... You know, as save the world mode, because that's what it originally was. And it was this game people waited a long time for. It was announced back in a Game Informer article in, like, 2008. It was, like, a 10-year dev cycle or some shit. And it came out, and to little to no avail. And I thought it was just going to be left to die. And then they put out this Battle Royale mode, and we played at night one. I think I have a video on YouTube of me winning a game on night one. And you can see how bare bones that game is compared to what it is now. Um, and it just, it was fascinating seeing those game types of games like that grow into what they became, those juggernauts they became, uh, has been awesome. This generation shout out to even PUBG PUBG was a special moment for me. I built a computer, a PC in early 2017 and, uh, it was around the time PUBG came out. It was my first exposure to a battle royale. It was a game that I was hooked on. Uh, also shout out to Radical Heights because not not enough people enjoyed Radical Heights for what it was, and I wish that game was still around because that battle royale was phenomenal. Next to Fall Guys, that was like probably my favorite one. Um, so this generation is just it, it was very special to me. It kind of opened my eyes and my ears to uh, a ton of things I didn't know were possible. I think for a long time I didn't know what I wanted to do in life, and I was always kind of told, well, you can't just play video games your whole life, and I wish a little earlier in my life I had known that this world existed. I wish I had known about, you know, IGN, like personalities, and that that was a career path if I wanted it, and it's something, you know, I've thought about it in my mid to late 20s, and it's not something I, like, you know, I'm going to drop my whole life. I'm very happy with my life now, but it's not something I'm going to, like, drop and go try to pursue, but I always wonder how my life would be different had I discovered this world and tried to pursue this world earlier in my life, but I'm glad that this generation opened my eyes to what is possible, and I'm glad that on my weekends I can have time to do stuff like this and record this podcast talking about games and have my friends on to talk about games the way we do, you know, when mics aren't on. And I'm glad it works so well. I'm glad, you know, as we've gotten older and in our late 20s, nearing 30s, 
uh, my friends still hit me up and they're like, hey, anybody want to play Fall Guys tonight? And we still all play video games and we still, you know, catch up with each other. So I'm grateful. Uh, this generation meant a lot to me. And I am so excited to see what's in store for both games and experiences on next-gen consoles. Whether you're playing on your Xbox, your PlayStation, or even your Switch. I guess my parting words are just, you know, life comes at you quick. So, enjoy what you have when you have it. Enjoy video games for what they are. Enjoy the moments you spend playing games with friends. Because you really never know when the last time... It's like that meme where, uh, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, we there was one night we all hung out for the last night. None of us knew it. It's like, same thing can happen with gaming. So enjoy that your friends hop on to play Fall Guys now. Enjoy that they hop on to play Warzone with you. Enjoy that they play Fortnite with you. And cherish those moments while they're here. Because life comes at you quickly. Um, I'm so excited for the next gen. Excuse me. <coughs> that was in my throat forever. Uh, I'm so excited for this next gen and what's in store for us. And I just, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys consider uh, hitting me up about doing the show. I definitely want to hear more people's stories and people's experiences with this generation. And uh, I just, I look forward to it. So I hope this I hope this was insightful and I hope this was fun for you guys. And uh, it's something I hope to do more of. So uh, that is going to be it for this week of Send the Invite. We will see you next week with another episode. And until then, remember to send it. Take care, everyone.